You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey everybody, this is Rick Hadrava again, and you're listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. Most people just laugh when they hear that the secret to success is giving. Then again, most people are nowhere near as successful as they wish to be. This can be found on the front cover of the book, The Go-Giver, written by today's guest, Bob Berg. I have to tell you that years ago, this book came across my path, and I was fortunate enough to take the time to read it. And it is a little book with a big message. And, you know, I, I started in the business world as somebody that thought that sales was all about numbers. After, after all, that's what training was all about in sales back in the day. And, and sure, it worked. But what I realized through experience and, and through this book was it's all about relationship. Because each one of us as an individual have our own unique set of circumstances, our, our situations, problems, challenges, whatever we want to call them. And I, I just think about this book as a way, you know, a way to kind of look at how we deal with relationships in sales, business, or in life in maybe just a little different circumstance. And I think today with everything we're going through this book is really timely, and my interview with Bob is really timely as well. And so, I'm very honored to welcome to the show, through our Zoom call today, Bob Berg. He's the author of The Go-Giver, Endless Referrals, Adversaries into Allies, and many other books. He's a speaker, entrepreneur, and much more. And so, without further ado, let me welcome Bob Berg. Bob, thanks so much for being on our call today. Rick, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me, and thank you for that very kind introduction. Wow. Well, you know, I, I think I told you, you know, I almost got a little nervous when I thought about our call today <laughs> because your book, you know, there's two books that have really resonated with me the most over the last 10 years, and one of those is the book Abundance uh, by Peter Diamantes, mm. and your book, The Go-Giver. Wow. And, and, <laughs> And The Go-Giver not only was a book that I took to heart, and, and I, I would say this, it, it, it's a book that I think you continually have to look at and work at a lot of the, the laws, the five laws, which we'll talk about. Here's my question, Bob, just to get us started. How did you come to a point in, in your career where you found a desire to want to write a book like The Go-Giver? Well, that part was was because I had had the book Endless Referrals out for a long time. That came out in the early to mid-90s. Uh, it was a traditional how-to book, which, which was really a system for uh, entrepreneurs and salespeople who had a, yeah, a great product, a great service. They were proud of what they had. They knew it brought wonderful value to those who, who bought from them, but they also maybe didn't feel comfortable with the process of creating those relationships, going out there and prospecting, if you will, and developing the kind of relationships that I call know, like, and trust relationships that result in people wanting to do business with you directly and refer you to others. So that was really the first book. It was a how-to book. But throughout the years, Rick, I had always read parables and always loved parables because they're stories. And as you know, 
stories connect on a heart-to-heart level. And when you make that connection, now you can you can uh, learn the information better and you can share the information better. So it really works both ways between writer and, and uh, reader. So I had thought, so what, you know, so for years I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take the idea of, of endless referrals and, and turn it into a parable? So I, in coming up with the title, I just asked myself, so what is the, what is the essence of a person who is able to quickly and sustainably create those relationships where people feel so good about them. They know them, they like them, they trust them, they want to do business with them directly, they want to refer them to others. And the very essence of that person is they're they're givers. They're always looking for ways to give value to others. So the title, The Go-Giver, was very easy. But I'll tell you the best thing I did for that book, Rick, and that was asking John David Mann to be the co-author and the lead writer. Because again, I'm a how-to person. I, you know, you and I have talked about numbers and, and you know, systems. And oh, I, I personally define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles, right? The key is predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A. And eventually you'll get, that's fine. Okay, that's a how-to person. John is a magnificent writer, <laughs> and he was the editor-in-chief of a magazine I was writing for, and he did such a great job, and at the time, very few people knew him. Now, this guy's the co-author, ghostwriter for a number of New York Times bestsellers. Back then, few people knew of his genius. Fortunately, I was one of the ones who did. So, I asked him, and when I say asked, I mean pleaded with him to, you know, to, again, take this on, be the, 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 the uh, co-author and really the storyteller. And, uh, and that's really how that, that happened, how it came about. And that, that is um, really brilliant on your part because um, as somebody who is challenged with the English language sometimes, as I like to joke about, knowing, I, I just have a lot of respect for people that can craft that, take that core and, and make it into a beautiful story. And that's what, that's what you guys have done. You know, you. it bleeds itself into the five laws, which I'd like to spend some time with, sure. but it does it in a way, in a meaningful way through story that, that sticks. And sure. I, I think that's spectacular. But let me go back, before we get into the book a little bit, Bob, if you'll allow me, give us a little background. How did you start your career and, and how did that grow to be where you are today? Yeah. So I actually started out as a broadcaster, first in radio doing sports. Then I got a, um, a job as a newscaster on a, a very, very small ABC television affiliate uh, in the Midwestern United States. And I really, Rick, I, I just wasn't that good. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was, I could read the news, I'm, but, but I was not a journalist. Okay. And, and, um, it, it wasn't long before really, I, I like to say graduated into sales. Now the challenge was I knew nothing about sales on a formal level. I had never had any training. In fact, I didn't know there was such a thing as sales training. And the company where I first worked, well, we'll say their training was negligible at best. And when I say negligible, I mean non-existent. So I was out there on my own and I floundered for the first few months. I mean, I worked hard. I knocked on a lot of doors, called on a lot of people and did all those things. But I had no not. I mean, I just didn't know how. And I, I was in a bookstore one day 
and came across the sales section. Now, again, this is almost 40 years ago. So we take that for granted now that there's a sales section, right, in a bookstore. But back then, that who knew about that kind of stuff? And right. I just, my eyes lit up. It was like, what? You know, how to sell? I mean, there's really a way, again, a methodology, you know, a system for doing so. So I got those books and I studied them. One was by Tom Hopkins. One was by Zig Ziglar, uh, two, of course, masters of that, that field and wonderful human beings, the late Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins, who's still doing well. And I just at night, when I get home, uh, from the time I got home till the wee hours of the morning, I was reading and highlighting and underlining and taking notes and tearing pages and dog-earing pages and practicing, right? Within a few weeks, my sales went through the roof. And it, it, it was, and it said, and really, there was no big difference between me three weeks earlier and three weeks now, but now I had a methodology. I had a system to follow. I also learned that, uh, that while the skill part is important, it's really building yourself on the inside and that success manifesting itself on the outside. So I started getting all the books they were telling me to get, you know, the how to win friends and influence people and think and grow rich and the magic of thinking big and psycho cybernetics and as a man thinketh and the greatest salesman in the world by Ogmandino and all that. And I started this because I was a horrible student in school. Okay. I mean, on my graduation day in high school, my, uh, on the day of graduation, my guidance counselor saw me, we, we crossed paths, and he said, Berg, I can't believe I'm actually seeing you here today. Now, and by the way, he was a nice guy. That doesn't sound like the most <laughs> encouraging comment, but he was really a nice guy. I, I don't blame him for that. You know, I didn't expect to see me there. And I, I got into college on academic probation, which a lot of people do, I guess, but I'm pretty sure I graduated on academic probation as well. Uh, so. I didn't at the time value education. Well, and I regret that now, of course, even in my 60s. I, I wish I had understood the importance of even learning how to learn, but that wasn't where I was at the time. My education really began when I got into sales. And so, you know, eventually, um, uh, you know, worked my way up to sales manager of another company, started teaching people what was working for me, and eventually went into the business of, of uh, speaking and, and, and teaching and Writing books were, you know, was at first the one way to position myself better in the marketplace. Uh, but then eventually, books such as the Go Giver and the Go Giver series were because I just wanted to express a message that I felt was, you know, should be expressed. Yeah, and so would it be safe to say that where you are today, that journey from when you wrote these books to where you are today, was kind of unexpected? Because you you speak to yeah. to numbers of people and do training and. And different things. Did you envision that when you wrote the book? Well, well, by the time I wrote the first book, yes, I was a professional speaker. Okay. And so the, I had not expected to be a professional speaker. And again, going back so many years, who knew that was even a thing? Right. Uh, it was only when I started, when I was in sales and I started going to live events and attending these live events. Right. And, uh, and I was always the guy in the back you know, at the table buying the, back then it was cassette tape albums. That's how long ago, right, this is. And I just couldn't learn enough. So, so yeah, by the time I knew I wanted to be a speaker, it was a couple of years later, I was a member of National Speakers Association. And a couple of the people there said to me, you know, hey, Bob, you know, your next step, really, you need to write a book on what your strength is because that's how you're going to position yourself better, get higher fees, make yourself more marketable and blah, blah, blah. Well, turned out to be a great great, some great advice. And so, <laughs> so th that first book was really just written for utilitarian purposes. And that was, again, endless referrals, which was the, my big topic back then. Yeah. 
So let, let's dig in a little bit, if we can, sure. to the go-giver, because again, I feel like, you know, we have business owners and people going through some challenging times right now. And, you know, one of the things we're trying to encourage the business owner community, our entrepreneurial friends, is not to get stuck. Don't, don't freeze up. Let's start thinking right. about things. But, but I also see, and, and maybe this is prevalent because of social media today, but I see people taking jabs at other people and it, it almost is off-putting to me in a lot of ways. And so I look at the book, The Go-Giver, and I'm thinking, man, this is a great opportunity for, for folks to just take a step back and realize we need each other more than ever. I love to say, hey, entrepreneurs, the world needs you because you are the problem solvers. No, it's true. Yeah, very right true. Now. So, so take us through maybe the five laws, sure. um, if you would. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, they're based on, on a premise, as, as everything always is. And, and the premise in this case of, of the go-giver is simply that shifting your focus, and this is what's so key, shifting your focus uh, from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. Uh, not for some way, way out there, woo-woo kind of reasons. It may actually makes very logical sense. I mean, when you're that person who rather than thinking about yourself and being focused on yourself, your focus is on how you can make another person's life better, people feel good about you. People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They're much more likely to want to be in relationship with you, do business with you, talk about you in a very positive way to, to others. Also, focusing on the other person is the only reason why or the only way that person is ever going to buy. You know, I, I, when I speak at sales conferences, I'll often begin by saying, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to me. <laughs> it's absolutely right. the case. Right. We yeah. all laugh because we know that's all right. They're, they're not going to buy from us because we need the money or because we're a really nice human being. They're going to buy because they believe they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And in the basically free market type of economy in which we live, in which I guarantee all those of us on this call operate, meaning when I say free market, I mean no one's forced to buy from anyone else, okay? So in that kind of environment, uh, the only way uh, that someone is going to buy from you, again, is when you're so focused on them and they know that, and you're able to communicate to them through that, that focus, which, of course, is done through asking questions and listening intently and discovering what it is that they need, what they want, what they desire, and only then matching the benefits of your product or service with that need, want, and desire. That's the person who earns that, that sale. So, Bob, so one of the things that we talk about in our business owner sessions, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or group, is it's all about problems and the, the more we understand the client and the big problem, the bigger the problem, the bigger the opportunity. That's right. And, and a lot of times if you're in sales, that, that translates to bigger checks. Sure. sure. And, well, because to your point is you're solving something right. of, of immense value for them. Um, and, and so I love, I love your analogy there. Oh, thank you. And that's, and that of course connects to the five laws and the laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. The law of value 
says your true worth in the, the business sense, of course, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, when you first hear that, if you haven't read the book, it's kind of counterintuitive right there. Give more in value than I take in payment. I mean, isn't that a recipe for bankruptcy, right? And uh, so we have to just understand the difference between price and value. Price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea? What does it bring to us? What, as you said, what problem does it solve? What is it that has so much worth to another human being that they will willingly, again, free market, willingly exchange their money for this and be glad they did while you make a healthy profit? Can I give you one quick example? Please, please. Uh, let's say you, and this is on a very basic level, let's say you hire an accountant to do your taxes. This accountant charges you, name around figure, $1,000. Uh, that's his, uh, his fee or literally his price, $1,000. But what value does he give you that makes it so worthwhile for you? Well, through his diligence, hard work, experience, his getting to know you and what you're looking to accomplish, learning the ins and outs of, he's able to save you $5,000 in taxes. Uh, he saves you countless hours of time, and he provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So first, again, we see that while price is finite, value can be both concrete in terms of that $5,000, but it can also be conceptual in terms of that peace of mind, which probably holds more value to you than even the <clears throat> money saved. So he gave you well over $5,000 in value in exchange for a $1,000 price. He gave you more in value than he took in payment. So you feel great about it, but he also made a very, very healthy profit, which he should, because to him, it was worth it to him to lease out his time and knowledge for $1,000. So both parties come away much better off afterwards than they were beforehand. That's really the law of value in a nutshell, but it happens not because your accountant was focused on the fee he'd be getting. His focus was on the value he was providing you. This is why John and I say that money is simply an echo of value. Right. right. Money is an echo of value. It's the uh, thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means nothing more than that the value must be the focus. The value comes first. The money you receive is simply a very natural result of the value you've provided. So, so Bob, when, you're, when I'm listening to you say this, the, I see an analogy of different CPAs. We'll use that. We'll stick with that theme. <laughs> and because I think it's relevant in any industry is you have CPAs that think they're almost doing you a favor. Let me do your taxes and, and get that done. And, but that's the commodity. And it's really, it's really like you're saying in this example, it's when somebody takes the time to really understand and, and, and solve your problem and make you feel confident about yeah. being handled. I see the value. You're willing to you're willing to write them a check, but you're coming back to them and you're telling your friends about them mm -hmm. because they're an important um, part of your life. Absolutely, right? they sure are. Yeah. And you'll pay them more money than you will the other accountants who uh, you know are doing the the low fee, but it's just kind of a formulaic 
blah, 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 you know, what have you. Because, you know, and, and the thing is, and this is what, and you bring up a great point, because if, if there's, you know, we live in a, a society where technology is really leveled off the playing field. Uh, I mean, most products and services work and they work pretty well. And if a potential pro, uh, customer or client cannot distinguish between any two or more salespeople, entrepreneurs, accountants, what have you, it's always going to come down to who has the lowest price. And unless your last name is um, Walmart, I guess, or Amazon.com, trying to make low price your unique selling proposition is really not an effective way to do business. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not fun, it's not profitable, and it's certainly not sustainable. When you sell on, on price, you're a commodity. When you sell on value, you are a resource. And that's what we want people to do. And to do that, we need to separate ourselves, distinguish ourselves. And we do that, we understand that we are that difference. We are that additional value. And it's through what we call the five elements of value, excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And to the degree that we're able to communicate those five elements of value at every touch point from when we first meet that person to building the relationship, the follow-up and follow-through, the sales process, the referral process, and on, that's the degree that we do separate ourselves from our competition and we take price out of the equation. Uh, great point. And Bob, I'm, I'm thinking that this applies not only to our clients, but as leaders in our organizations, sure. our employees as well. It's our team members um, because a lot of people right now, let's face it, they are questioning their business model mm -hmm. and questioning maybe some of the products and services that they're offering and wondering, how do I come out on the backside of this? How do I survive? Yeah. Right. Because yeah. right now there's critical, but mm -hmm. in the future, uh, as, as I grow and I look into what my organization needs to be, what, what is it that I want? And, and I think a lot of what you talk about in this book now is a really critical time to take some of these laws, look and evaluate what you're doing as an organization mm -hmm. and, and, and see if there's opportunity to pivot so that yeah. we transition stronger on, on the backside of this. W would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we've got to look at, at, at how, first of all, right now, do we add value to our prospects, customers, and clients? Depending upon what you sell, it may not be directly through your product or service if they're not buying right now, okay? Uh, if they are, then again, carry on and do you know, what, you, what you do. But if they're not, we've got to find other ways to provide value to them so that when things are, whether you want to say back to normal or back to the new normal or forward to the new normal, or when things are back to happening again, you're that person in their mind who they remember as being there for them during this crisis, even if it wasn't directly in terms of your product or service, but perhaps introducing them to other um, uh, resources that they could use that could help them or different webinars they might find interesting uh, to help them in their business or, or the various ways. It's also in terms of leadership, the leaders who are really doing it right right now are the ones who are making sure that those in their organization know that they're valued know that they care about them, know that they're not, you know, seeing them as a commodity right now, but as a valued part of their lives. And, um, you know, I think the people who do it, who, who kind of have that other focus right now, those are the people that are going to come out of this stronger. 
But, you know, certainly there are many challenges, and, and I think successful people always deal in truth. They don't bury their head in the sand. They, they look at what is, and they understand what is, and they even understand the problems in terms of what is, but they don't focus on those problems. They don't avoid them, but they don't focus on them. They focus on what they can control, and they act accordingly. It's, it's absolutely the case, and I appreciate you bringing, bringing that up. Bob, I want to highlight, so I want to go through these five real quick. You talked about the law of value. There's the law of compensation, the law of influence, the law of authenticity, and the law of receptivity. Of those, you know, I know one of the things that, that I was challenged with was at what point do I charge, right? For, because I want to be a place that provides value and, but I have to have a profitable business. Do you see that as a common theme uh, with people you talk to who have read your book? Well, it's a question people have that I think starts out a little deeper. And that is, and this is actually often from people who haven't read it yet, but they hear the term, the go giver and assume that it's about giving yourself away. Right. <laughs> right. Or, or not making a profit, which of course, as we talked about, is totally not true at all. Though givers tend to make a much higher profit because we're focusing on the value we provide another human being, not on low price. So, uh, and then it's, well, what about being taken advantage of if you're good? Well, so first, let's, uh, it's very important to understand that there's nothing about being a go-giver that equates with being a doormat or being a martyr, or being self-sacrificial in any way, shape, or form. Not at all. It's simply understanding, and this is tying right in with human nature, that it's those people who understand that we're focused on bringing value to them, they're, they're going to feel better about us and be much more likely to do business with us. Okay? So, there's nothing. So, then the question is, well, what about giving some of your services away and then you know, so that people, well, well, that's a strategy. That's not being a go-giver and it's not not being a go-giver. That's a strategy of business. Like when we give away a chapter of our book, right? For why do we do that? Well, because we figure if people read the first chapter and they like it, they're going to click through and they're going to buy it. That's not being a go-giver and it's not not being a go-giver. It's just a business strategy and it's a good one because when you have something, when you have some value, and I'm talking about legitimate value that you can share with someone so that they get to feel comfortable and understand that you have a lot more knowledge that you can share, a lot more value that they need to then pay for. That's fine. That's perfect. Now, people will say sometimes, and I think think this is really the question you have, well, so I've given uh, some advice to some people, and they've accepted that advice, and they felt it was really helpful, and they keep asking me for advice, and they can't, you know, at what point do I not? Well, first of all, before you start doing that, you need to have it already in your, your own mind at what point you do charge and how you segue into that. So you're never on the spot having to think about something like that. You should have that systemized already, okay? So depending upon what you do, and I, while I can't give you the exact language because it all depends upon what you do, let's generically uh, you know, just say that uh, a person who is asked and that you've provided enough value, now it's time really for them to make a decision as to whether they're, uh, you know, and the person says, ask you for something else, for some other advice. Uh, and you say something along the lines of, you know, I love that question. And I, I love feeling as though you've uh, attained value from our uh, discussions. 
Um, if you would like to set up an ongoing professional relationship, since this is what I do, uh, I'd be honored to work with you. Is that something you'd like to do? Boom. And you say it in a very non-defensive, just very, you know, factual uh, matter. And if they want to, they will. If they don't, they won't. Great point. Great point. And I think right now that, that that's a, a, a topic that I think a lot of people in the service industry are thinking about. Um, so I appreciate you sharing. Bob, you know, believe it or not, we're already coming to the end of our episode. And I'm sitting here thinking I could go a lot longer, but I know you, you've got a busy schedule and I want to honor the time today. Before we come to the end, what bit of advice would you give to entrepreneurs right now based on your experience? Well, I think it comes down to something I learned about 40 years ago. Uh, actually, about 38 years ago, if I started in sales 40 years ago, because it was a couple of years after I, after I began. And I was, I was doing pretty well. I had learned sales, I studied sales, and I was applying what I had learned. But I was in a bad slump. Now, this is at a time I was selling for another company, not that first one. I was selling for a company. It was a high-end, high-priced product. And I was in a slump. And I remember coming back from an appointment, really just mad at myself because I realized it was my own inadequacies that that kept this person from buying a product he would have really enjoyed and benefited from. So not only did he not get the benefits of the product, I obviously didn't earn a commission or a fee for that as as well. So it was a lose-lose instead of a win-win. And I remember sitting in the, I, I can't remember if it was the employee waiting room or the front office area, whatever it was. But there was a, a gentleman there. He was a much older guy. He was not in the sales department. I think he was an engineer. He retired soon after. I didn't know him very well, other than, hi, how are you? Nice guy. Didn't say much, but it always seemed that whenever he did say something, it was profound. So when he said to me, Berg, can I give you some advice? And, and see, I think he saw me as sort of Joe, right in the story and the go-giver. He was the, your pinder, uh, huh? Ambitious, up-and-comer, who, you know, was doing something wrong, whose focus wasn't quite where it should be, right? And he, it was so when he said, can I give you some advice? I said, absolutely, please do. And he said, Berg, he was a, a last name kind of guy. He said, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target, he said, is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It ain't the target itself. Your target is serving others. And that, Rick, was really my epiphany because it's where I I figured out with his help that great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. Great salesmanship isn't even about the product or service, as important as, as that is. Great salesmanship is about making it about the other person. Great salesmanship is the value you provide another human being and how their lives will be touched by you, your product or service, and what you bring to the table for them. I love it, Bob. And, you know, I think you'd probably agree with me that outside of the monetary, when you're able to do that and it's a breakthrough for the people you serve, mm-hmm. that's almost its own reward a lot of times. Exactly. And, and, and we, we happily get paid to, that's to right. be able to have those experiences. Yeah. So, yeah. Bob, I really appreciate this. So grateful for you. Um, if people want to learn more, you talked about a free chapter of the book. 
Um, I highly recommend that everybody go out and get a copy. It's a great read. It, it, it's one that I've been rereading and, and taking things away. But how do people learn more about you? How do they connect with you if you'd be willing to share that? Uh, the best way is just to go to Berg, and that's B-U-R-G dot com. And they can scroll down to where they see the books and they can click on that and actually then get chapter one of any of my books and see if they like it first, then click through to Amazon if they do. We also have a video series going on on my blog at Berg.com and you can just scroll down to that and click. So there's a whole bunch of resources there, including how to connect with me online and on social media and so forth. Well, again, I really appreciate that. Guys, you've been listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. Be sure to check out our website, epicsbiz.com. That's epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast for this episode, the show notes, and other resources. And remember, until next time, we're only getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com formula. And remember, we're only getting started.